engulfed the man pleading to become a corpse, and they cast a colorful yellow-orange glow on the grotesquely swaying second man, his neck broken and eyes frozen shut in unfinished prayer. His shredded shirt glistened with blood that had, until tonight, pumped for over six decades through an unrepentant heart. And crown thy good with brotherhood. The crackling sound of fire replaced the stranger's recollection of the music. He closed his eyes, but the images remained. One burned, one lynched, two condemned to hell, three, if he included himself. They kill you before you die. He now knew with absolute certainty what those words meant. His eyes burned, but he refused to shed any tears. There'd be no freedom from the burden of history and no release from the sorrow. From sea to shining sea. Chapter One The defectively repaired air conditioner murmured and moaned, harmonizing with Professor Martin Matheson, whose soothing voice hardly needed musical accompaniment. Andrew Reed was on leave from his second tour in Vietnam when he stopped to have a drink in a local bar with his 19-year-old brother. Dr. Matheson stuck a pushpin through the photo of a black man burned at the stake and attached it to a poster board. Some students let out audible gasps. Others turned away or diverted their eyes to the polished hardwood floor of the former dance hall where Matheson's class had been reassigned to accommodate greater-than-expected enrollment. Even in this larger space... Many undergraduates were forced to stand alongside the mirrored walls. Their reflections made the room appear twice as crowded. A number of students sat on the floor. Women who left their previous classes five minutes early to ensure they'd sit closest to the faculty member nicknamed Mr. Knowledge and Dr. Fine filled front row seats. They watched Matheson unbutton the top of his Armani linen and silk blend shirt as he gracefully walked past. Waitress was white. They smiled at her. She smiled back. He retrieved an 8x10 photo of two grinning white men in their mid to late twenties. He casually pinned it to a second poster board resting against an easel. Her husband, Robert Taylor, and her brother, Reginald Hopkins, followed the two young black men out of the bar and at gunpoint drove them to a deserted wooded area. Matheson returned to the first poster board and uncovered a photo of another black man a thick knotted noose around his fractured neck. He was hanging from a tree that had once borne less precious fruit. The professor placed the photo next to the picture of the charred corpse, making it easier for his students to imagine the unimaginable. They tied Reed to a log and burned him at the stake, but not until they tortured him and forced him to look at the lynched body of his younger brother. Brandon Hamilton, a second-year graduate student, sat in the back row. He stared at the horrific remains of two black men who, in the words of Matheson, once shared the same earth as us and perhaps the same dreams. His large right hand gripped the side of the desk, then slowly closed, making a powerful fist. At six feet four, carrying 235 pounds of solid muscle, he'd been the most sought-after athlete in the country. In his freshman year, he set collegiate records in three sports and became captain of the football and basketball teams. 
As a sophomore, he was giving serious consideration to turning pro, until, by accident or destiny, he signed up for a class taught by Matheson. On the day he handed in his term paper to the professor, he also turned in all his uniforms and forfeited his scholarship. He vowed never again to serve a system content to exploit him as a commodity, but never respect him as a man. In deliberations that lasted three minutes, a jury of their peers found Taylor and Hopkins not guilty. Matheson was reaching for a stack of photocopies when the oak door creaked open and two white policemen entered. Matheson smiled as he watched Dr. Henry Watkins, assistant vice president of administrative affairs, passively follow the police. The only black man in the university's central administration, Watkins had long ago grown accustomed to following behind quietly. It would have taken less time.